0: Here we go. Come on. There we go. Okay. We um, are in a series called Vineyard Verses. And let me tell you, my hope for this series is to spend time looking at passages of Scripture that I believe are foundational to our Christian walk in life. And that they're, they're so important. Um, I, I'm trying to encourage you to actually memorize these passages a verse at a time as we talk about them um, each week. And so we're into the fourth verse now in this passage of Scripture in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. So if you haven't started, it's not too late, but please really try and do this, because it's... Um, here's my, my thought, and why I believe this is so important. We, we, we can start our days, and we start moving through our days, and situations begin to happen in our days, you know, where life sort of is going on, And we can quickly get sidetracked from what started out well into all sorts of, you know, other territory in our lives. And we can't always, you know, just readily get a hold of our Bibles or maybe even our, you know, Bible app or whatever. We can't get to it. And so we, we stay sort of stressed out in the situation longer than we really need to. But if you will begin to memorize and have some of these very sort of foundational verses, these anchor verses memorized... The sort of moment you begin to get into a, you know, a a difficulty or stress or anxiety, um, you have these verses available to you, and the Holy Spirit can just remind them, um, remind you of them, and it will bring some instant sort of help in situations throughout the day. I firmly believe that, and so um, I want to go over some passages of Scripture with you that I think will help you in your day-to-day sort of lives, and so I I, I want you to, to, to... Think about, if you haven't started out, memorizing these verses and getting them, you know, implanted deep in your spirit and in your mind um, so that, that as things happen, you have them available to you. So that's why we're doing this. I think these are very, very important. And right now, we're looking at Hebrews ten nineteen through 25. I'm going to get to that in just a moment. We're going to pick it back up. We're four verses in. Um, but, you know, from the intro into the main thing, I always like to do a little transition with, with some, you know, a bad joke or two. And I was thinking this week, about some bad jokes that I've told over the years. Obviously, now I've done this for a long, long time. There's a lot of bad jokes floating out there. Um, but I thought of a couple that kind of made me um, chuckle this week. And so I thought, in case you'd missed them the first time or you've forgotten them, because you probably have forgotten them, that um, I, would, I would give them to you again. And so, so here we go, just a, just a couple. So, you know, uh, the first one's about geese, because, you know, I'm doing Vineyard Verses. I'm thinking about the V. You know, the geese, you see the geese when they're flying, they fly in a V formation, which is really fascinating to watch take place. But, but um, have, have, do, do you know why, in that whole process, in that whole thing as you're flying, um, do you know why in, in the geese V formation one side is longer than the other? There's more geese on that side. <laughs> maybe, maybe you've forgotten that one. I don't know. I think about that and just start laughing sometimes, but I'm not right. So, the other one. So a lot of you guys, you you do the diving and and those sort of things. Have you, do you you know why divers, they they fall backwards uh, out of the boat into the water? Because if they fell forward, they'd still be in the boat. (laughs) I, I do want to apologize to any visitors. But that's as good as it gets. Scripture reading here on purpose. Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Blessed be the word of the Lord. So, so far we've done Hebrews 10, 19, 20, 21. Today, verse 22 is what we're going to look at. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. So let's dig right in. What I want to talk about here is really the the culmination of verses 19, 20, and 21 starts here in verse 22. It's what 19, 21, and 22 are all about. Uh, It's all about drawing near. That this is the the point that's coming that the the writer of Hebrews is trying to make. Point number one in your notes is drawing near near. So it's really this is the, the main point of what we've been studying so far in those first few verses. It's all about drawing near. And and the writer of Hebrews brings up this point a lot. And 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 really it's you know it's a, it's an amazing wonderful invitation to draw near and yet it's it goes beyond really an invitation. It's it's really almost a command that, that God wants us to draw near in relationship To him, And the writer of Hebrews makes this point over and over, in in fact, seven times in the letter. He encourages us to draw near. I just want to give you three of those occurrences. You can find the rest um, later. Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach, that word is the same as draw near, uh, the throne of grace. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is able to save completely those who draw near to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Hebrews 11.6, Without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who draws near to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. This is a repetitive theme throughout the the, the book of Hebrews. And and, um, it's it's the writer's... um, Desire for us to know how important this is, this command, this exhortation to draw near to God. And, and, and that, that as believers, as followers in, in, of Christ, we would never settle for sort of a distant um, relationship with God, that, that we would take a life at, at a distance or, or that God is some sort of distant thought, but that, that we would know that God is a near and present reality and that we're to experience common union. With God, this is an amazing, amazing thing that that we have available to us, and and really the verses that have been leading up to this that we've been talking about, I'll point to this and and this idea of drawing near. It's it's not a physical act. It's not something that we do by by performing well or by by you know trying to get our, our, our you know all our works together and all those other things. It's not our achievements um, that that we're talking about here at all. It's an invisible act of the heart. It's It's not a a moving from one place to another. It's really a directing of the heart into the presence of God. He wants us to come. He wants us to draw near to Him. And really, it's sort of at the center of, of the gospel, of the good news. That's point number two, to draw near... It's, it's the heart of the message. It's, it's you know, it's it, what Jesus came for was to restore us into relationship with Him. Remember, I said He endured the cross um, for the joy set before Him and that you were the joy set before Him. You were the thing that was missing uh, there in the throne room. He was already there, but He left and came for us because you were missing and He wanted you there. And, and so, so we need to be aware of this whole idea. This is what Jesus came for, was, was to... Um, make a way for us to, to be there with Him. Uh, he came into the world to give us a way to God without being consumed in our sin by His holiness and majesty. And this point happens, again, throughout the Gospels. Peter says in 1 Peter 3.18, Christ died for our sins once for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive by the Spirit. Paul says in Romans 5.11, Not only is this so, so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation. Reconciliation. We're reconciled to God. Um, we, we have access to the living God. And Jesus came to make this happen. It's, it's the reason that you know, the, the, the Garden of Gethsemane in, happened and it's the reason the Good Friday took place. It's the reason that he willingly went to the cross on our behalf and that he defeated death, that he paid for our sin, that he rose again. Uh, it was all so that we could draw near to him. And, and, and not just at some point in the future, but now, see, I, I think sometimes we settle for that. See that and, and and so God is more distant than he should be in our lives. And and so as as believers in Christ, we we sort of we've connecting the dots about what he's done for us. But a lot of times we go, but but he's done that for my eternal life, and I get that, that now I have life with him forever, and that's a wonderful thing. But but you need to know that, that life starts now, right now. You don't have to wait until you're you're with him forever. This eternal life starts with us now in relationship with Him. We have access to the living God now, not just at some point in the future. It starts right now with Him. And, and He does that for us. He's, he's made that possible for us because He wants to experience life and to, to find a measure of peace and joy even now. See, we, we live, you know, in a, in a, it's a fallen, it's a fallen world. The planet's broken. There's a lot of things that happen. There's a lot of difficult circumstances that we endure. But, but we can already, in our access to God, in our relationship with God, experience life and, and peace and joy and measure now. And, and he wants us to do that. It's all part of why he's come. The psalmist wrote it this way in Psalm 1611. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. So, so he, he, you know, we, we're to experience God. We're, we're to come to God. We're to draw near to God. We're not to settle for some sort of distant, um, you know, at some point in the future relationship. It's a relationship that means something now, that's available to us now. And people say well you know so what does that look like practically what are you talking about what does it mean to draw near to God I'm not and and, and this is what I'm talking about see this relationship that we have with God is real uh, it's it's as real or more real than any other relationship that you have this this is the foundational relationship when this one is working the way that it's supposed to it will impact every other relationship you have for good uh, and so um, we we need to take it seriously, and we need to understand that that God is in effect commanding us into relationship. It's this very strong invitation. Let me put it that way. Everything He's done um, for you in Christ at the cross, and His His willingness to you know His choice to look at us now in the perfection of, of His Son is so that we can be in relationship with Him now and forever. And so so you know what well, what do we do? Here's here's what needs to happen: is that you need to understand that this is a present reality and that you need to develop this relationship with God in the same way you would any other relationship that you have, that you value, you'd put some time in it. Uh, and, and you need to to make time to hang out with God. Uh, and and I, a lot of times I just think we don't think, well, that's, that's what is that? Look, just sit quietly and start with that. And just kind of say, you know, God, I'm yours. I love you so much. And and just something like that. And just sit there. And resist the temptation to get a lot of other things filling the space. This is hard for us now. We are bombarded by constant noise. And we're used to constant noise and, and bombardment. And so a lot of times just getting quiet will sort of weird us out a little bit. But don't don't get weirded out. Just press through that. And just... Just kind of hang out there with him. Now a lot of people say, "Well, as soon as I do that, my mind starts going on everything else." I get that, but you need to a little bit push that aside. Just wait, no, no. I'm just going to be here, and God, I'm I'm here with you. And then, and then from there, you know, things you can you can maybe read a little bit of His word uh, to you. You can tell Him again how much you love Him. You can sing a little song maybe with Him. And this is one of those places where it doesn't really matter what your voice sounds like. Um, God loves your voice. So, for all of you who have been told, you know, never to sing, I'm telling you, you should. Somewhere when you're completely alone, <laughs> and no one else has to hear you. But God loves it when you sing with Him, and then you know, talk to Him. You you should talk to God the same way you talk to everybody else. Uh, you know, He's real. And you can talk to him. People say, it looks a little funny when I'm talking to God. Yeah, I get that. But uh, so you can, you can kind of monitor where maybe you're doing that out loud. Um, you know, because if you're like sitting at your desk at work and you're talking to God out loud, people might, people might sort of look at you like you're a little... I had this thought at the last service. And so I, I told him, if you're ever at work, just so you know, and you fall asleep at your desk, which could probably get you in trouble... Um, Here's, here's always what you need to do when you when you when they wake you up, if they they're standing, you know, when they wake you up, when you jump up, go, Amen! And you're covered. Okay. So unfortunately that's all some of you will remember, but that's okay. That'll cover you, and I'm good with that. So we, we just need to to sort of embrace the idea. And doesn't have to go on for long periods of time, I get that, but just start somewhere. And, and, and spend this time with God. He's, he wants you to come and be with Him, to know that He's real now and that He's actively and intimately involved in your life every moment of the day. Not at some distant point in the future, but right now. We should enjoy Him just like that. And, and, uh, and, and so, you know, the thing then that, that happens in Hebrews is He says this, Let us draw near with a sincere heart. That's point three in your notes. With a sincere heart heart. Now, to me, that idea is about a a passion and a zeal to draw near to God. But why we sometimes neglect that, and this is my thinking, that why when, when we have this amazing opportunity to hang out with God in a very real way, why sometimes it gets pushed to the back in this whole process is that unfortunately we have a very real enemy who wants to keep you from experiencing that life. He's already lost you if you've come to Christ in forever, but he doesn't want you to experience the life that you're having now. And he's, he hates it that you can be in the presence of God. So, so he, he tries to keep you out. How does he do that? By pounding you with guilt and shame. And there's something about us that, that we sort of listen more to that and, and we intuitively know that we're still kind of a mess. And we think, well, you know, I can't. How can how can I go and be with you? He's God. He's you know He's perfect in every way. He's He's amazing. I can't I I can't I can't be in His presence. And yet the writer of Hebrews says, listen, come with some passion and zeal. And and he says, he says this, your your hearts have been sprinkled to cleanse you from a guilty conscience. And your bodies have been washed with pure water. And and so what he's he's telling us is this when when that sort of attack begins to happen. Um, and rather than listen to it, you know, wh- where we sort of go with that is, okay, yeah, uh, I get it that I'm, I, I'm a mess. I'm, I'm broken. I've fallen short a lot. But, but Jesus has died for my sin, and he's paid for my sin, and he's covered me. And because of what he's done, I'm, I have access to the throne room. In fact, I'm commanded to come and be a part here. So I don't need to listen to any of that. I just need to go into the presence of God. Because that's where I'm going to find life. And and out of this verse, this let us verse, come these other... I said, you know, I called them the salad verses last week. There's all these other let us things that we're going to read about in the next few weeks. But all of them spring from this. We have to get this part going before we can really, you know, encourage one another and spur one another on toward love and good deeds and hold on to the hope that we have unswervingly. They all come from this connection, this relationship with God. And, And the writer says... You know, in all these verses, uh, the writer of Hebrews in 10, so 10, 19, and, and moving forward, remember, there's these two since clauses that we've already discussed that lead us to this command to draw near. So, so therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is His body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. You remember, we dug into both those verses so you know all that means, how amazing it is. Jesus paid for your sin you know, with His life. He exchanged His life for yours. He, His blood covers you and atones you. And He's our great priest. He understands us. He gets us. This is a whole new and living way, better than anything they had before Christ, nothing compared to it. All this is available to us now. So since all those things are happening, let us draw near into His presence. Do you remember when, when we looked a few weeks ago, if you were here, I looked at Isaiah and and i said at one point isaiah was caught up into this throne room into this presence we have access to and and it was such an amazing thing you remember the the cherubim uh, and, you know and they had wings that were flapping and, and, and wings that were cover and and you know it, you got to admit that's cool right and so and you, you got a group of cherubim on one side of the room of the throne room, and they're going, "Holy, holy, holy, is the Lord God Almighty." And the way I, you know, I think of this. On the other side, there's more cherubim, and they're answering that call, "Holy, holy, holy, is the Lord God Almighty." And this is going on around the throne room, back and forth. It's not quiet; it's, it's really happening, and it's so happening that things are shaking in there. And you know, it says the threshold. Just imagine all this going on. And Isaiah is there, and, and Isaiah goes, "Woe is me." I'm going to die. I shouldn't be here. There's too much holiness. The majesty of God is overwhelming and consuming me. And see, see, we can get to there if we don't know that all these things have happened on us so that rather than being consumed by that feeling, we're thrilled by it. Because the, the cherubim came, remembered Isaiah and, and took a coal and touched his, his lips and he said, you're your, your sin has been atoned for. You're guilty. you Your sin is covered. Your, your sin's been atoned for. You have every right to be here. And it was a picture of what Jesus would do. And you need to know you have every right because of what Jesus has done as a follower to be there in the midst of the holiness and majesty of God. And so he wants you to come and be thrilled by it. Thrilled. So that it impacts all the rest of your life in everything that you do. Not just off in the future. Now. You're in relationship with the living God who loves you and who wants you closer to Him all the time. So let me encourage you this week, if you would, just take time this week to really draw close to Him, to to continue to move towards Him, to just stop the busyness of your day and just settle on Him and just think about Him for a little while. Talk to Him. Sing. Pray. Listen. And draw ever closer to Him. Best, most important relationship you can have is the one that you have with God now and forever. So let me encourage you to draw near as we go. And then next week, we'll start talking about these other lettuce verses, but all of them stem from this understanding of our access to him. Amen. 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 Ministry team.